Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and today we're having artist Dina Gore. I'm a big fan of Dina's paintings. She's done some work that I've collected. She did a really amazing painting of my dog. Uh, she does miniature paintings and uh she's just her technique is i just uh, inspired by her technique and uh been wanting to have her on the show for a while she's a big member of the dark art society community so finally getting her on so that'll be exciting i'm recording this before the interview trying to be good trying to be disciplined trying to do things the way i should do them <clears throat> instead of doing the interview and then doing the intro and you know, I'm trying to get today's Monday and we're recording. I'm trying to get everything done on Monday so I can keep the podcast to just taking up one day of my week. And uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, yeah, so that's coming up. I haven't interviewed her, but I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, let's see what I, I have been doing. I've been getting mystery boxes ready for the holidays, and uh, those are going to be really cool this year. Um, got lots of new things being made um i don't want to give away any surprises but lots of cool stuff i'm excited about them and uh that's the biggest seller every year the mystery boxes so those will be on sale probably black friday the day after thanksgiving i think uh the 24th maybe i don't know when that is i think it's the 24th but yeah i've been dealing with that and uh, trying to Stay on top of commissions as well. Been more finishing commission stuff and the usual grind. <clears throat> anyway, if you want to support the podcast, go to Dark Art Society, uh, patreon.com slash Dark Art Society. Join for as little as a dollar. If you join at the $5 level, you get a 20% coupon to get 20% off a Skull Shop Skull. And, uh, they're amazing skulls, S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. And, uh, yeah, and you could, but you could join for as little as a dollar. And when you do, you get your name read in the air, like this week's new subscriber. I am sorry if I butcher your name. Sigmar Orn Sveinsson. Sigmar Orn Sveinsson. Sigmar Orn Sveinsson. Thank you so much, Sigmar. I appreciate that. You make it you make it happen for us, for all of us, so everyone could hear it for free. It's the people that support it. So you're the heroes of the Dark Art Society. Uh, if you want to go to support my pod, my uh, my podcast, my uh, Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash chetzar. Got tons and tons of stuff happening on there coming up. Um, I've got, yeah. I've got a lot of, a lot of stuff's going to be going there. And if you go there, you get your, uh, you get the first chance to buy new items. That's why things sell out. Um, when I post them publicly, because people buy them from the Patreon through the Patreon, because I, I post them there early. So if you're interested in getting my new prints and merchandise before anybody else, you can subscribe there for as little as a dollar a month as well. And there's a bunch of different tiers um for and you get different things for the different tiers but it's where all the action is for me nowadays everything i'm posting is is on patreon is there anything else exciting going on i don't think so it's just been kind of a whirlwind because i'm really trying to get all these uh mystery boxes dealt with and uh i always wait 
I always wait till the last minute, not because I'm waiting to the last minute, but because I've always have, always have so much stuff going on. It's hard to schedule it in. I'm just trying to just keep on top of everything. Things keep getting pushed back, you know, it's a story of my life. So that's pretty much it. Just getting ready for the holidays and, uh, yeah, nothing much exciting here. So instead of me talking, let's get on with this interview with Dina Gore. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, Dina. Hello, Chet. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming Happy on. My pleasure. I've been a fan for a long time. I love your miniature paintings. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a glutton for those tiny things. Yeah, you know, I did a whole series of those little paintings for my Patreon people. And it's like a whole different story painting small like that it's crazy i saw those and they were amazing oh thanks it surprised me because i know that you sit at your easel kind of from a distance and you're able to to watch things unfold from a distance where i work flat and i'm right up in it oh really you, yeah you work you're not on an easel no oh interesting okay i was with this one uh-huh but I don't work that big. I, I'm normally this size. Yeah, so. that's a great one. <laughs> wow. Maybe I should have considered working flat. Do you work at an angle or like totally flat where you're looking down at it? I, well, I, I am looking right down on it. I have a um, an old school drafting table that's on hydraulics oh, cool. and it's amazing. So it's got a slight grade to it. So it's not completely flat. It's got a slight grade. Um, and it works perfectly ergonomically speaking. So I don't get a whole lot of back strain, you know, but my eye, eye strain is a whole other story. Yeah. That was the thing. I, I my eyes were like, I think I <laughs> destroyed my eyes doing those little paintings. I already need glasses and I, and I, uh, I don't, I've never gotten prescription lenses. I always get, I always use, I use my mom's old reading glasses, all these funky old lady reading glasses I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, I've got some of those old lady reading glasses yeah. myself. Well, yeah, mine are much more funky. <laughs> oh, they suit you. <laughs> I've got all these. I got ones with like little flowers and stuff on. Oh, nice. You just need that the chain, you know, that goes. Yeah, your head. I had. Yeah. I I was like, I started using reading glasses because my eyesight started going, and I was like, oh, I get, I get why people use those chains, and I've actually bought some online because it's like oh you could take them off and they just hang there and you put them back on and then i was using it for a while and then i lost them and then i never i forgot to get, get you know what those will fit in your stocking i think i know what you're getting for christmas oh, yeah yeah it's yeah <laughs> old lady librarian glasses yes chains <laughs> be careful what you wish for <laughs> well that's the great thing about being a painter is you're alone in your studio and you can look like whatever and Nobody can. Yes, studio can look like whatever too. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's like <laughs> this part of my area looks pretty messy, but you don't even know the rest of it that's off camera. It's like 
it looks so bad. It looks like a crack house or something. It's bad. You know, it's just so sad that the cliche of the artist, you know, where they're, they're organizing their pencil. I think there's one floating around right now that's like perfectly organized and you pan back and the whole thing is just this disaster. Oh, yeah. As, yeah well, I mean, it's a functional mess. It's it's organized chaos. Yeah. We know where our stuff is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know <laughs> the things that you need to use all the time, they're always kind of in the same place. It's the things right. that you only use every six months that get lost in the, in right. the, in the mess. <laughs> and, yes. But uh, anyway, okay. So I want to, um, I'm curious to hear your, your, your artist origin story. Because I, I, I don't know where I first, I don't know if I found you through the Dark Art Society or... What? Because you're pretty active in the dark art society. Um, but I'm, I, is that where I first discovered you or? That's a good question. Uh, that is all a blur because I remember just reaching and grasping at whatever I could find that looked remotely relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started, when I got back into it, I was grasping. In fact, I think I didn't understand social media. And so I'd gone on Instagram and I think I, I made a post and I tagged a whole bunch of people like you and I didn't understand that there was this etiquette and, and I just made the most stupid mistake. When I did. <laughs> but, you know, there's, a, there's like a serious learning curve, especially when you're older. I think you and I are like seven months apart. So it's like, no okay. disrespect to you. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> but older. Yeah, just well, I'm I'm almost there. In June, I'll be there too. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, you look better than I do. That's for sure. Oh, oh thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Distance from the camera helps. Yeah. You know. Filters. <laughs> no, no filters. <laughs> uh, red light. Red light works. Yeah, yeah. Red light's good. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, yeah. T- okay, tell me your how you got started painting and everything because. I've seen you do like, you have your own work. You've got, you do a lot of fan art stuff. That was, I think the stuff I noticed, which is really amazing and, and kind of made me rethink, uh, uh, my, my, uh, appreciation for fan art. It's like, cause, cause when you see, when, a, when you see art painted well, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're painting at least for me as like a painter, because I know what goes into it. So when I see a good painting, I don't think, oh, that's a good painting. Too bad it's of this. I think like, oh, that's a good painting. You know what I mean? And I think I was like kind of snobby when I first started painting. Like, I can't do fan art. And it's like, I do fan art all the time now <laughs> with all these these horror movie studies. And it's like, it's a, it's a good way to make money. And I've bought fan art before too. That's the thing. It's like, I totally get it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like you see it and it's your favorite movie, and you're like, "Oh man, yeah. I have to buy that." It's affordable, and I've done it a bunch of times, and it's like some great pieces in my collection, you know. That's the only reason why I paint that stuff is if unless it's a commission piece, is I only paint the stuff that I absolutely love. Right, that's the trick, you know. You know, and um, so origin story. <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> My dad was an artist. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He he was a stained glass artist, and he had a shop in Los Gatos. Uh, and, um, you know, 
we had a uh, we lived in Scotts Valley and and uh, he had a shop out back. And, where, 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 where's this? Is this where's what state? We're in California. Oh, you're in California. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, OK. OK. Northern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I lived in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I grew up in the Bay Area. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, we're not that far. Yeah. Like five hours ago. Um, so, anyway, uh, I spent a lot of time kind of absorbing what he was doing, and he always just kind of let me explore stuff. Um, he was never critical or anything. He would just, you know, give me stuff and say, hey, have at it. And I remember one time uh, he was doing a stained glass window for a winery of Lily Langtree. And he he was kind of brilliant this way. But he, in terms of salesmanship, he could sell ice to Eskimos. Hmm. But he would he'd go to places that he knew were, um, had money, you know. Mm-hmm. And he'd find a niche and he would fill this niche. And then he would take this window to them and they would have to have it. And that's what he did. But he had wow. me paint on glass with these uh, glass that was ground and I'd never done a face. I'd never done an arm with shading and I was about 18 years old. Um, You weren't weren't drawing when you were a kid and stuff. I was drawing and you know, um, just for fun though, kind of, yeah, but I was drawing, you know, so, okay. So third and fourth grade, I was doing everybody's drawing homework and their coloring homework. And I used to draw dinosaurs and, you know, mushrooms and fantastic type stuff. And I did a chimera, and that actually won a prize. So it was mythological monsters from that point on. But also scary stuff, like all through high school, it was always monsters. Uh, the scarier, the better. I drew an exploded fly that was, I think it was 18 by 24 in colored pencils and ink. And it was just like fragmented bits of stuff, of <laughs> fly, and then they were twitching and stuff. It was just enormous. And I, I couldn't even tell you what inspired me. Um, <laughs> but like Olivia de Bradenese, she's my all-time favorite artist ever. Oh, so she, she's, she's going to be on in the next week or I, so. We just have to figure a day out. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. she's amazing. That, if you get a chance to meet her, she's so awesome. Yeah, oh gosh. Maybe someday. <laughs> Maybe someday. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so... It was just drawing, though. Mm-hmm. But um, so fast forward, you know, uh, moved out, had to work, met somebody, got married, had a kid. No art. Mm. There was no art. But um, all my art up to that point had been from a purist standpoint where I felt very strongly that you <laughs> and this is going to rub some people the wrong way. But this is how. How I was, my mindset is I had to study things and then I had to go home and from memory do the thing. And so I learned, you know, horse anatomy and and, and human anatomy for shortening, you know, perspective, a dynamic composition and thing like things like that through observation. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like using reference was cheating. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, you know, a lot of artists think that I think early on, I I think it's not uncommon. I I was a kid. Yeah. You know, and I had a lot to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In (laughs) fact, in fact, um, I think I was 
probably about 17, 18, I'd taken a drawing class in my junior year of high school at um, the, the junior college there in Saratoga. And um, I had to show my work in order to skip some of the prereqs. And she says, you know, I was drawing a, um, a hand grenade with saran wrap on it. She says, you finish that drawing and I'll give you an A in my class. And I was just done. Like, I felt like, well, why am I here if you're not going to teach me something? You're just having me draw what I'm seeing. And what's the point? It just was also. Wow. So I got an F. I got an F in drawing. <laughs> what, what, what? How did you get an F? Because I was, I, I gave up after that. I'm like, well, why am I here? Because oh, wow. I was excited. I was a junior in high school. I'm like, I'm going to take this drawing class in college. And they're going to teach me all the secrets, you know. And wow. then that happens. So, <laughs> I was um, a little disenchanted after that. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so fast forward 30 years, I have done any art at all. Wow. Yeah. And you know, like imagine yourself with your extensive creative career. Like it's just is part of who you are. Yeah. Not doing anything for 30 years of your life. Yeah. How did you manage yeah. that? How did you not well? I was depressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. But um my youngest started taking a, a, a class at the college and to get to her class had to navigate past the art department where they would have a, a charcoal class going on. And I remember because if you've been so far removed, like anything is exciting. And every time I walked by there, you could feel that creative energy and everybody's focused. Mm -hmm. They have music playing, the instructor was walking around. And um, I was like, wow. Like it was almost emotional, uh, the, the connection that I felt hmm. to that. And this went on, you know, through the, and at one point, the instructor comes out and he meets me at the door because he anticipates I'm going to show up on this day at this time. And he says, you know, why don't you just sign up and take a class? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, my mind immediately is like, no, I can't, you know, and I thought about it. Like, why not? You know, why not? Yeah. And I signed up for a painting class. And I have to tell you, I would never, ever paint. I was... I was afraid of it. I was intimidated by it. I thought, I, I can't do that. You know, my, my firstborn, she could paint. You know, she was painting in college. And so she was a painter in the family. And if I ever came back to it, I was going to draw again. But I just thought, I'll just try, you know, just see what it is. Push the paint around, see yeah. what happens. Well, they say, you and know, drawing is the foundation of painting. You know, so if you can draw, you can paint, theoretically. I didn't know this, <laughs> but I learned very quickly. Um, but I, he, uh, he sent me in the back of the class with the grizzled veterans. And he's like, just do your thing. You don't have to follow the curriculum. And, um, and that was the end of it. I mean, that the, one of my first paintings actually was this one. Oh, wow. That's a great one. This one of my first probably five paintings. Wow. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, you have but, that pent up energy for 30 years, you know, I, I, I feel like my first paintings were pretty good. 
when I first started like teaching myself to paint because I had been wanting to do it for so long and I just never did it. So when I actually first did it, I was like, Oh, they came out surprisingly well, but I think it's cause I had been thinking about it so long and I had the foundation in drawing. So it wasn't totally weird to me, you know? And in effect, though, you knew what to do in order to achieve the effect that you wanted in the painting. Yeah, so right. So right foundation. You had all this skill set to bring to it. Yeah, I, I just never actually really did it. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. It looks like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so what, what, what was the, was it uh, an acrylic class or oil class? I mean, are you uh, are you an oil or acrylic painter? I Only acrylics. I've yeah, never... that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, so you, it was an acrylic class or was it just like a painting class in general? It was painting. It was use the medium of your choice. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty impressive because that's, that's kind of one of your classic paintings. I recognize that painting. This one is my, um, it's, she's kind of become my trademark, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, on my website. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Happy with her. Yeah. I remember when I did, because I did started doing the backgrounds first. And then I would think about what I wanted to see on that background. And I thought, and I told my instructor, he's like, well, so what's going to be on this one? And I said, I'm thinking a latex clad dominatrix with horns. <laughs> he's like, all right, well, you, you do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. There she is. <laughs> so, so okay. And how long, how long ago was this? 2015. 2015. Wow. Okay. What a, you have a really unusual art artist origin story. <sighs> Late bloomer coming out of the gate strong. And uh, yeah. So, so go from there when you started like selling your work and I mean, how did this develop to where to you got the point where you started like promoting yourself online and doing commissions? Cause I've seen, you know, I know you do a lot of commission work and, and uh, so let's hear. Uh, you know, I really just started kind of posting this stuff and actually locally I became part of a, of a gallery that um, is very, much uh, indicative of the demographics. So I live in an agricultural community. So a lot of the artwork that's there is more, you know, nature-based uh, people, um, you know, buildings and, and local places and things like that. So yeah. one of the paintings that I had, because I only had a handful of them to submit, was a two-foot by three-foot Betty Page with a gothic black frame on it. And that didn't fit too well, you know, but they liked it and they kept it there. Oh, cool. um, yeah, no, they were very uh, open-minded, very, very nice people and very welcoming. Um, but I just found over time that there wasn't a market in that arena for my work. And it, it was kind of a source of frustration. And I noticed that I was gaining a little bit more um, audience engagement online and um and i just thought you know i'm going to take some time away from that and start focusing on the things that i really want to do because what my goal was was to just develop my chops to learn about painting and what i was doing was 
trying to figure out how to achieve specific effects. So mm-hmm. if there's a glow in the dark and you know how limiting acrylics can be because it dries so quickly, I wanted to be able to achieve that as as closely as possible to what I was seeing, but also to suit my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a lot of my early efforts were spent um, just trying to manifest things in exactly the way that I wanted them to be. Um, but also trying to scratch that nostalgic itch that I had, because now that I felt like maybe I could do this, I wanted to do some of the things that made me feel joy. And that was, you know, classic horror films, Mm. um, but also old school characters like the Three Stooges, you know, um, but also some of the the newer ones, you know, like Daryl Dixon, you know, like these characters that just made me feel happy. And I just wanted to, you know, to portray them, and, and, but do them justice and feel mm-hmm. like I was justice. And so if I didn't do it well enough, I, I I couldn't stop. I had to just keep working at it until until it was right, you know. How much instruction did this ins- painting instructor give you? Or are you kind of like self-taught? Because that's pretty amazing. Because that's pretty amazing. Because I I was looking when I was doing the um, going, I was going through your work to do the the promo card, and you sent me all those images. And of course, I was like, did you send me that Kurt Russell one? Because that Kurt Russell one is like, I mean, they're all great. But, but that really looks like someone who's been trained. You know, you've Mm -hmm. got like, you got like weird colors in there. And it's not just like, you know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know how your stuff is. It's like you use a lot of different colors and, and, and it's not really like, you're not about <clears throat> making them exactly like the, the reference pick. It's like, you're kind of doing them in your own style, your own aesthetic with the colors and stuff. And, uh, I just, I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that you're not trained because you look trained. Well, that means a lot coming from you. Oh. I just know what I like. And I, I know that color is has it's my language. Yeah, yeah. It's, color is my language, so I just and you know I have tried to just do monochrome. I've tried to do dulled down colors to make something look more realistic. You know, and I just can't do it. Yeah, that's but people that use like the Zorn palette. I'm like, how do you do the Zorn? <laughs> I it doesn't. No, it makes <laughs> no. And I've seen it done really, really well. Yeah. So I know it's but I mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 <laughs> you have to kind of I think the Zorn palette stuff, you have to paint a certain kind of painting, you know? It's like it has to be a certain type of painting for it to work. But and also just add a blue in there and you're good. You know what I mean? Just add the blue oh, in and you could pretty much get about anything. But uh that's yeah. That's wow. That's interesting. So you must have been so okay. Olivia was a big influence. I could see that now that you mention it. You know, so so you must have been studying on your own. Just a lot of artists. You must. I'm I'm guessing like studying their work. Well, I don't know that I was. Stu- well, you know, maybe you're right because I uh, I collected art books when I was a kid. Used to love like heavy metal magazine. Mm, um, yeah. Got into the the spectrum fantastic books um the art of advanced dungeons and dragons oh, um yeah, <laughs> yeah so, and it's funny because a lot of the artists that i loved then 
are my friends on Facebook now? Yeah, and isn't that a trip? <laughs> real to me. It's bizarre. Yeah, I'm like, hey, Martin Utley, <laughs> like, how you doing, man? <laughs> like, we're buddies now. I know, it's like, so crazy. It's just, it is weird that the world's become so small. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not getting any younger here. So I'm really glad this is happening now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's been a kick in the pants right there just to do the thing because I'm not getting any younger. You I, know, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I just yeah, had a birthday. I, so <laughs> I know, I know, man, I, I feel you. And it's like, and every day you wake up and it's some kind of a new physical adventure. Yeah. <laughs> some way. You're just like, well, when did that happen? Yeah, you I know. know. I hear you. But it's uh, I, it's so awesome, though, to hear you talk about your origin and your um, experience, you know, at 17, doing what you were doing and kind of grooming yourself through all of that to be where you are now. Like, to me, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I was amazing. obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed and driven, I guess, for for some, I don't know, I got that, I got that in me, that obsession. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't explain it. <clears throat> I just it's way better than motocross, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I was so into that. I was gonna. I was like trying to become a racer, like my fa favorite motorcycle racers. But it was like mm, I was drawing motorcycles while I was riding motorcycles. I was kind of like doing both. But once I got the bug for effects, I just that was it. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's the same with music, though. I like you know. I got sidetracked with music and. And, uh, and I was good at music, songwriting and stuff, but not as good, as good as visual art. So I'm glad I wound up here because this is where I was supposed to be. Um, you might revisit that at some point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do spectrum, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And I do, I do it for fun. I just don't have time anymore, but I, you know, I, I did, I've done some stuff in the last few years. It's super fun. I miss it, but. Um, I live vicari vicariously through my kid now as a professional musician, so I don't have to. <laughs> so, so you, okay. You started posting online and, and, uh, uh, you know, what was, what was your first sale? I mean, how did, how did this, how did you, how did you work this? Because if you started in 2015, you've only been doing it. So wait, okay. You started learning to paint in 2015. I had never picked up a paintbrush except maybe as a kid and then, until I've never painted before. Okay. Okay. This is crazy. And so then when did you start posting on online? Uh, I couldn't tell you specifically. I just, because I didn't understand social media. So I think I had some friends, maybe they were family and I was, I don't know. It just kind of branched out. Like I said, I was doing the awkward thing that you don't do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, look at this gallery or oh my gosh, look at this person's art. And um, so I started going through my books and picking out artists that I like from my books. Oh, I wonder if they're on the social media, you know, and then I would find them and, and try to friend them and stuff. And and so it just kind of went from there. It was all really awkward <laughs> because I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna tag them with this thing that you know, you just I was doing I was breaking all the rules. Yeah, yeah. I, I broke them all. <laughs> so I, I admit it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I, I, when I first got on MySpace, I, I would find artists I liked, 
and I would like go <laughs> and poach their followers and like follow them on my right. request them. I remember doing that. And then like years later going like, oh, that's not really a good thing to do. Cause I had people later do that to me. I noticed people doing that to me and I was oh. like, yeah, I did that. I had it coming. Um, oh. But you know, when you're starting out, you're kind of desperate just to make it work, especially in social media being this new thing when it, at, you know, to you at the time. Uh, so, but well, when did you start commit getting commissions and stuff? I, what I'm trying to figure out is you started at 2015, which is blowing my mind. When did you start? Was it in 2015 that you were showing stuff on social media or was it like a couple of years after that of like learning yeah. to paint? I, you know what? Because my first couple of pieces out the gate were, you know, they were, they were pretty okay. Um, I thought, I think I really want to do this. Uh, because, uh, you know, those aha moments that you have when you're learning, um, I can't even tell you, I cried in class because wow. I had, I, I did this, um, this, it was a symbolic self-portrait um, and it meant, I felt trapped, I guess, you know, because I wasn't myself. So the depression from not creating for so long when it was such a, a huge part of my, me, mm-hmm. um, I, I just really wasn't myself and I didn't realize how much I missed it. Wow. And I, I was at class and, you know, and he says, so the class assignment was, which I didn't have to do, but I was inspired by, it was a symbolic self portrait. And, um, and so I had done this woman and she was, she's nude, uh, but she's got her hands and her feet tied and she's wearing like a nun's habit, but it's down below her shoulders. So it's billowing behind her. And it's symbolically that you can tell by the white and then the black. And her hair is up. And she's got this look on her face like uh, she's completely at peace. And she's anchored under the water. Oh, wow. So it's heel background. And you see this kind of a vine coming up um, toward her feet. And people like to call her the mermaid. And she's not a mermaid, but... It's interesting to see how different people perceive her. And she's been really popular. I look back and I'm like, I would just totally do that differently now. Right. But you now they're like, well, she looks a bit like a um, like a heavy metal magazine cover. And like, that's like the greatest compliment ever. Um, but yeah, the that's, idea. That's, cra- that's crazy. Just knowing, I know these paintings and to think that they were your first paintings is still kind of blowing my mind. You have like a natural you are like a natural artist then seriously. Cause if you're able to paint like that <clears throat> from not, you know, painting it's for 30 in, years, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's really just in my blood. Yeah. I think. And it, it, it's, I remember feeling like art was a way of expressing and venting the things I didn't really have language for in any other way. Mm-hmm. You know? Some people go out and commit acts of violence, I guess, and and some people withdraw completely. Some, you know, some people go to therapy or some, you know, there's all different coping ways. But but my method of coping was art, and through visual expression, um, it was essentially my diary, and I didn't show people my my drawings. Hmm. I kept them to myself because they were so personal. So, so you weren't drawing for thirty years. <laughs> doodling no. <laughs> you didn't have a sketchbook no. wow i was kids and working and you know right. i just was otherwise really busy you know I well just... you know Lori uh Lori 
Lee Brom, you know, Brom's wife, she, she did that. She stopped for, you know that, right? I did not. Well, no, I think I do remember her saying something about her hiatus, but her, her art is amazing. Yeah. And she just came, like, she came out of the gate, just making these amazing paintings. I didn't even know she was a painter. She, and it was like once her, I think it's once her kids grew up, she was able to start painting again and just doing these incredible paintings. You know, it's like, I, I it's, it's a, a kind of amazing to be able to stop that. <clears throat> I guess when you got her, you got her though, you know, I wasn't painting for 20 years when I was in effects, but I, I still, I was doing creative work though. That's right. You know? That's right. The thing is, is that I think when you're an artist, your mind works in a certain way. And so when you're looking at something, your mind is working like puzzle solving. So you're like, if I were to do it in this media, if it was two dimensional, how would I achieve that effect? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you're constantly puzzle solving. And so even though I wasn't drawing or I wasn't creating in any way, I still was puzzle solving. Yeah. You were thinking about it. Yeah. So I, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I was. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't thinking I'm going to do this in the future. You were just thinking about how you, how you would do it if you were to do it. Right. Just being inspired by things. Yeah. Yeah. And just, Yeah. Especially in uh, museums, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really didn't frequent as much as, as maybe I should have. I really just was away from it completely, like like cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, it's probably why I just kind of busted out with it, because I just had so much to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm up for lost time, I really do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I started when I was... 33 when I was like, I'm going to teach myself to paint. I think it was 33. And I felt like I had to make up for lost time. And I still feel like, you know, I have to, keep, I have to keep going. I have to get as much out as possible. Cause who knows how long I got, you know, who knows how long anybody's got anything could happen. Um, That's right. That's right. That's yeah. why today's important. Yeah. Always every, every day. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. I uh, so so when you start you started selling stuff, how did that come about? You started selling stuff because you've got like, you know, <clears throat> you've got this <clears throat> little. It's like I would call it a career. You you, you seem to be kind of like well, <laughs> when I mentioned it before, kind of like uh, you know, it's maybe not bringing in as much as you'd hoped, but it's like you're doing business, you're selling artwork, you you've you're selling your stuff, you know, you're doing it. So how did that like, how did I make that transition? Yeah. How did um, you, when did you start? I mean, how did someone just hit you up for a commission or were you like pitching yourself? Cause a lot of people who listen to the podcast, as you know, are artists and people that are wanting to start a career. And so everybody wants to hear, you know, how, how, how you oh, did sure. it. Everyone's done it differently. I think for the most part. <clears throat> so how'd you do it? Um, honestly, I just kind of, focused on on painting the things that I wanted to paint. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to frame everything because to me, the piece isn't completed until it's framed. And I know you put a lot of emphasis on framing because that's, that is the final form, right. I guess, apart. you know, that that's how it's yeah. meant to present it as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and when I did that, people just um, seemed to love it. 
you know, so I, I just, the stuff just sold. In fact, my first few pieces, they just kind of sold before I had a chance to have them photographed to do prints or anything oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got so some I, of those, some that got away. Yeah, yeah. I had a piece in um, Maine, actually, the one um, of the the wolf that's in the bathtub with the beaver. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't have that one photographed, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that was a super fun piece. Yeah, that's funny. Thanks. Yeah, I had a little tongue-in-cheek humor. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. Um, So, okay, yeah, so it sounds like it just kind of unfolded naturally for you, you know, once you started doing it. Uh, It must have been exciting to just be like nothing for 30 years and then just, oh, I'm going to start painting and then then your stuff starts selling. Well, look. Let me tell you, it wasn't so much, I didn't make that my focus. My focus was, I was really inside my head about it where I was like, okay, if I, if I create a piece, I need to also be willing to just let it go. Mm-hmm. So as I'm creating a thing, I'm doing it with the intention of knowing that the, what's important about this is the process itself and not the finished work. And so, I mean, there's, there's a couple like this one. I'm not going to let that one go, mm-hmm. but but for the most part, as I'm creating a thing, I'm like, I'm going to do this the, the very best that I can, and then I'm going to let it go because that prepares me mentally for the next one. And so for me, the whole thing is about the process and mm-hmm. and learning, overcoming challenges, and pushing pushing what I can do. And so from that's what it is for me. Um and when, when a piece that I've done resonates with somebody, that really means a lot to me because I'm so in my head about it um, that it's, I think I'd hit you up at some point and it was probably a little awkward, but I wanted to know about perspective. And it, what I think I wanted was a deeper conversation about that. And I'm hoping at some point, you know, I can actually meet with like-minded people and other artists and have a discussion about that because it, it's just so surreal to me to be where I am isolated in the middle of nowhere in basically this room with this going on mm-hmm. it feels it feels almost bigger than myself because it, it to, i'm just here you know doing what i'm supposed to do and then all that's going on out there and it just is so weird to me yeah yeah so, i feel the same way i mean i feel like i i'm not you know i'm not that far i mean i'm not I'm in the suburbs. I'm not in the middle of nowhere. So I have the option of going to, you know, where there's a bunch of people, but I don't want to. So <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really matter. You've I, got there, you know, like you've got. Yeah, com- yeah. Yeah. Like those are all there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, pre- I'm grateful for, for those, for, for those yeah. places for sure. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't have a ton of galleries. You know, I really only have Copro. I could show it some others, I suppose, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm happy there. So, um, but yeah, but, but I feel, you know, to me, it's all, it all happens in the studio and it's my happy place. And, um, and I, you know, I, I see people once in a while. Cause that's the other good thing about living in, in LA is I do, I do visit with people once in a while, have lunch and stuff. So, um, you know, it's like, it's 
better to have the option, I guess, and not do it than to not have the option and not do it. <laughs> exactly. It's like quitting smoking and having a pack around because you know if you really, really, really had to have one, you would have right. one. But <laughs> yes. So yeah, uh I don't know, but but you 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 know, you kind of form you, you make friends online nowadays, you know, and that's how you stay connected. I don't know what I'd do without you guys, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one thing that as, as bad as the internet is, um, and social as bad as social media is nowadays, it really is, um, essential to artists, you know, not only to sell the work, but just to kind of like stay in touch with other artists and, and form that community, you know? That that was uh, that was one of the strangest realizations to me. I think was when I was creating and feeling like, oh, I'm over here by myself doing my thing, just learning stuff. And then I reached out and I'm like, whoa, like this person likes to stay up late and work too, and then this person does, and then this person does. And I'm like, I'm seeing a common thread here. So right. these people creators like me but we have these similar traits you know like your studio <laughs> like my studio yeah. and the tendency to um to maybe be i don't know sensitive and and antisocial sometimes or more um you know more one more wanting to be isolated i think from things i don't know i just i felt like i had found my tribe if that makes any sense mm -hmm. it was like there was a million other people all having the very same experience as I was, but none of us knew it. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I found those people and it was like some miracle. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a blessing to find your people Yeah. online. Yeah. It makes all the, all the horrible stuff on social media worth it. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of people. You have to be the positivity. That's the thing. You yeah. You know, and make it what it is. And yeah, and you gotta avoid avoid that that aspect of it. You know, avoid the politics and all that stuff, and just uh, stick to the art. Um. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. How, how how are you? Um. I don't know. Do you have like a lot of stuff lined up, like paintings you want to do, or do you have like a list of things, or do you just kind of go by? What strikes you at the time? I do have a list in my head. And so I'm, I'm kind of in a transitional phase right now. So all the time I've spent up to this point has been learning. Mm -hmm. Up until I feel like, okay, I feel like I can move to the next level. And that is to segue more into more meaningful work. Mm -hmm. so that is my plan so a lot of that is is mental because i'm having to overcome things like fear mm. because i have a lot of fear so i i shared with you that i didn't share my drawings with anyone because to me they're like diaries well i have done a couple of testers um with personal things and they're monsters and goblins and things like this and they don't resonate as well with the mm. audience as you know, the fan art does. And so I have this, uh, and it's not that I would be doing it necessarily for them, but if I'm going to share it, it'd be nice to know that it would go over well. Right. 
you know, and not so much as it, it's a great, you know, that it's well painted, the execution is good, but more of it, I appreciate what it says. Mm -hmm. Because anything that I do in that genre, you know, that I consider a personal work is, is going to be about what I have to say. Right. Like this one. Mm -hmm. And this, this just, it just flowed. And there was a lot of, you know, a lot of emotion, a lot of, a lot of tears, you know, put in this piece and it means a lot to me, but that's kind of where I'm coming from when I do the more personal stuff. And so it's harder for me to do. It's a lot easier for me to focus on yeah. something that is more about making it look the way I want it to and less about making it say what I want it to say, right. because you, you have to live in that place to make it say the thing for a while and that's not really comfortable sometimes yeah yeah uh, you know i i've what i've noticed with the uh, uh fan art stuff because like i said I've, I, I've just recently completed a bunch of them bunch of shiny stuff from the shining and uh and a while back i did all the universe you know i've done it every year just about around halloween and i'll do, do horror movies i like and um <clears throat> what i was i was kind of thinking uh, at first I was like, okay, these will sell. I can make money. I always have to think about making money and I, you know, it's just the reality, but they, they were really good, um, exercises. Cause this, you know, I was just doing them from eye too. I wasn't even tracing them. Now mm -hmm. I kind of project them or else I'd grid them out and trace them just cause it's easier. And it's like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I proven to myself, I can do it by eye. It just takes longer. And so right. I did all those universal monsters all by eye. And um, so it was such a great exercise. And it really, I remember the first month or the first Halloween I did a bunch of them. I was like, I felt like a better painter after I finished them all. Just, it was like, I did a ton of them one month. And um, so, but I, but it made me realize that, you know, it still was, kind of making a statement in a way it was still kind of personal because it was all stuff that I liked, you know? So it was like, that's like, like I was saying, you know, I, I've, I've changed my view on fan art, you know, since I've seen really good fan art and since I started doing it and it's like, you kind of can, you know, you're making a statement by what you're painting, unless you're doing just whatever anybody tells you to do. But if you're choosing the, the kind of stuff you're painting, that's also a statement. An artistic statement you know what i mean you're kind of telling who you are by the things that you like yes you know? i agree I so agree. that's kind of cool i yeah. agree you know and i have turned stuff down because yeah. i wasn't feeling it mm -hmm. ah you know um <laughs> the stuff in my thing you know yeah. but um but you're you're totally right about that i do stick to the stuff that i love and usually people will seek me out because they know that i love that thing yeah, yeah. okay I this i'm like i'm about it let's do this let's right. make it happen i'm excited already and um i don't think i have gotten a, a commission yet where somebody didn't just say i want this person from this movie have at it do whatever you want hmm. like every commission has been like that that's great I'm absolutely blessed yeah and i'll watch the whole movie and i'll take the screenshots that i like right and I'll, you know go over them all and pare them down and go, okay, this one is the one. This is right. the one that's made the most. And do that one. 
so, you know. So this is the other point I was going to make. So the, the thing about doing uh, stuff, movie stills and stuff, is it has two things that makes it uh, more, more uh, people respond to it more readily. And that is, you know, they love it. They're familiar with it. They love the character, right? Mm -hmm. And then also they are <clears throat> composed. They're like pre-composed, pre-lit and set up to work and to look good. So it's like you've got these two things going for you that you don't have with your own work. It's like, you know what I mean? Like when you do your own work, you have to be like, you know, figure out what's going to make the good lighting, what the good composition is. And then, and then they don't know the character. And so you're like, okay, how am I going to make this person who doesn't know that I don't even know this, I'm just developing this myself. And you have to like make it to where they like it. And it's really difficult, you know, it has to be really appealing in some way. You're really good at it. Oh, well, thank you. But <laughs> you're, no, your, your characters emote really well. And I think that the relationships that the colors have together have a lot to do with the emotional connection that someone has when they're looking at your work. Um, and I, I mean, I've noticed it because it's something that, that I, I'm always looking for is what kind of a connection. And that's what I appreciate, too, about your work, because you and I work. We like the same kind of uh, composition mm -hmm. where, um, where like, this is, you know, way secondary, maybe third. Background is, is really doesn't matter, mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know. But I'm, I'm learning more that that does create a setting and it can create an emotional setting right. for, for the character and can impact the way that you interact with that character. It, it ex expresses maybe their experience or, you know, it, mm. it gives you more something to relate to. So, but when you and I are framing something, it just seems like we tend to be more here. Yeah. You know, this is where it's happening. And I like something that is confrontational. So I like something that is challenging the viewer to look back mm -hmm. and that not something intense, you know, is what I like. And I like whenever you create a something where it's dark and you just see the highlights in the eyes so that the viewer can't necessarily see where the gaze is, but gets the sensation that there's more going on behind the eyes than you can actually see. And it's a little unsettling. Mm -hmm. It's that's, it's amazing. Oh, thanks. But, um, but yeah, you're right about the composition. So like, for example, in this one of Riff Rath, yeah. this, when he answers the door, and he tells Janet that she's wet. She says, you're wet. Uh -huh. But this is when the lightning flashes. Uh-huh. And it highlights his skin. And he just looks like a like a ghost or a specter or yeah. something. Just a split second. And I was like, that's it. Right, right. And again, that's your your um that's your take on it. That's the thing that you chose to do that you yeah. thought was worth painting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah exciting <laughs> you know, I such a passion for these things i just i love people love movies yeah you know, yeah especially i did the scary. same i did the exact same thing with that night of the living dead painting i got commissioned to do that zombie it was during the it was on the lightning the lightning flash where he's kind of looking up did you watch the whole movie and then you're like oh that's it 
No, no, no. I knew exactly. I just knew. I knew that that uh, was the shot, and I because I, I've seen that movie so many times, I don't need to watch it. I still do, but it's like I've watched it hundreds of times. But, but, um, but that's just the perfect time. It's like you know, I, I, I did. I stopped it and was like, okay, that's the perfect time, right when the, the lightning flashes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of love it. I kind of love doing these things. I've been. I, I feel like. Um, that I, that I've, it helps me. It's, it's like the, the doing movie still stuff really is like, it's good practice for doing, um, um, <clears throat> like human portraits. Cause I've got some other portraits I got to do commission stuff of, you know, people I know and people that commission stuff for me. And, uh, like some guy's wife over here, he commissioned a painting of her and, and, um, I feel all primed since I've done all these Jack Torrance from the shining paintings, you know, and, and, uh, but I, I can apply it to my own monsters, you know, because you, it's like, you know, people don't, or a lot of people don't realize that they want to do kind of monstery stuff is that it all has to be based on, you know, real anatomy in order for it to look right. You know, you kind of use that as your base and then you tweak that and you can be creative and get all weird with the muscle structure and stuff. But it has to be kind of like have a human or animal, a real base, something based in reality, you know? Yes. Yes. And and you just hit on something that's really important, because I think that if there's not a something that someone can relate to, you kind of lose the opportunity for an emotional response from someone because they're trying to figure out what they're looking at. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, so I think it's really important to have some kind of a something that someone can relate to. Yeah. And you don't have to have eyes. You can do it without eyes. You yeah, know? It, for sure. Yeah. As long as there's something where you can look at it and go, that old. Yeah. I see what, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yep. I, I feel you, like, oh, no, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that it, it has been a really valuable experience. Um because I couldn't have made up this guy. Yeah, right. If, if I hadn't been painting people. Yeah, yeah, for, all for sure. Yeah, so, it's a cool painting. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see. I want to, you know, I'm, cur- I'm looking forward to seeing the the stuff you're you're doing. This more personal work that you're going to be doing. Um, the thing the thing is about developing your own thing. It's like the only way to develop it. I feel, or at least that was this way for me is like, you just have to paint them. You know what I mean? It's like, cause, cause maybe that's just me. And and I suppose it's different with every artist, but it's all been like intuiting it and just painting it for me. It just like putting it on, you know, starting to paint it and then trying to follow where the painting wants to go. You know what I mean? And just looking at it until you're like, okay, what, what looks cool about this? How can I make this look cooler? You know, Oh, I like this part. So I'm going to keep going here. And, and, and it kind of develops over just cranking out these paintings, you know? So I have not ever worked that way. And I know you work that way. And when I'm watching you work, and I know that you're doing it instinctively and letting it unfold as it wants to, Mm. it's pretty brilliant. I have it in my head already, what oh, I want cool. it to be. And so 
because it, uh, sometimes it just kind of pops up and there it is. Yeah, so that's such a rare it, thing for me to have that. It's I always admire people that that have that to just see it, you know, because it almost never happens for me. The Dark Art Society sketchbook piece. I think I sent that to you as well. That one just, I was at the chiropractor and poof, there it was. And, wow. I, and it was a really strange thing. Yeah. But I guess every artist is different, you know? It's like it doesn't, it's however, whatever works for you, you know? So mm -hmm. you've got images in your head that you want to, that you want to paint. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I just will have an idea of, I want to do something honoring this subject and then bits and pieces will come and then they'll form a one. And then sometimes there's an aha moment and mm -hmm. then it comes there. But when I was a kid and drawing, you know, without reference, I'd sometimes go step in the mall and just have my big sketch pad and I would just draw and you know, now I get in the zone, but it's a different kind of zone because back then it was almost like the lines were already there and I was just kind of tracing it. Hmm. And then sometimes I'd have to stand back and go, this is what it is because I was just so focused on filling the lines in, if that makes any wow. sense. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really bizarre thing, but it, I just kind of took it for granted, I guess, because that's just how my process worked yeah but That's... now it's not like that yeah <laughs> yeah i wish it was like that more but it's not like that anymore yeah i wonder if you would have kept drawing your whole life if you if that would have become kind of the way you do it because it sounds like you had a uh, some kind of weird brain that, that was able to like see it on the paper in that way yeah you know that's that's how it was hmm and that's pretty much how it was. That's a trip. Yeah, I'll have to share with you some uh, some of my sketches because they're pretty they're pretty bizarre. <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> like, some weird stuff going around out there. It started at a young age, but like you, I just I like all the monsters. Um, my my when I belonged to this gallery, we had a, a really big show, and um, so I had to create a really big piece. And they're like, the bigger, the better. And so um, I'd already done the buddy page and I thought, well, okay, I'll do, I'll do a big one, but I had no idea what I was going to do. And then I had this epiphany, you know, just like this one or that one. Mm. And, and I saw it and okay. I, it was a, it was a stylized Eagle over a donkey and there was an arrow and it was looking to the side and I had the background, I had the colors and everything, and it, it just was there. And it took me two weeks to do this um, 36 by 36 painting of this enormous eagle. But it was a little bit gory, you know, because there was some blood and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, and But it was huge. And um, I had never experienced showing my work and having people, because there was a reception, having people come in and look at it and talk about it or have interactions with I like I'd never experienced that before and that was really weird so um <laughs> I remember being there and just not wanting to interact with people just wanted to hang out you know and kind of see what the response was and when people learned that it was me mm -hmm. and I, I'm like Ooh, you know and they're like you did you did this like 
you, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's expected. And so for the longest time, I really didn't want my name associated with any of my work. I just wanted my last name because I didn't want there to be any kind of a, um, a gender. Mm, yeah. I do the work because I didn't want there to be a pre preconceived idea about the quality of the work, the content of the work, mm-hmm. you know, the origin. I didn't, I didn't want there to be any kind of thought about gender. Right. You know, um, cause I considered that a hindrance mm-hmm. and that's Olivia was so inspiring to me because she was brazen. She was bold in her subject matter and she, her colors, her, her skill set, all of it was just so inspiring and so there. And it was so hard to find really good, inspiring female artists back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And as a, as a, a dude, you know, you take that for granted. I never had to even consider, oh, I don't want people to know what gender I am. It's just like, you know, it's another added yeah. being a woman, you got to deal with bullshit, you know? Yeah. But we're all working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a different age now, you know, I think. Yeah, coming along somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of closing the, the gap a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But super, super badass dark artists that are women out there right now. So I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say, you know, we we, de- we definitely need more um for sure. And there are some great ones. It's awesome to see. Uh It is. You know, cuz it's definitely male dominated, but you know, I think the art world in general is male dominated. You it know, has been. everything's male dominated pretty much. You know, the world's male dominated. It's just the way it is. Um It's true. So, so that but that you know, again, this you know, it's changing. That's why everything is. That's why these pe- these people are dragging their feet. Don't want to. Don't want to make the change. People are getting all pissed off and upset about everything. And it's like, you know, just just it's going this. It's going this way. You just <laughs> deal with it. Come on. Yeah. You suck know? it up. Yeah. Suck yep. it up. You've had <laughs> you've had your privilege forever. Just let it go already. Jeez, it's not that big of a deal, really. It was... More important things to be upset about, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Like the climate yeah. and stuff, you know. Like, yeah. Deal, deal with real <laughs> problems, not these stupid things. You know? right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, now, <laughs> as far as, you know, I'm curious about the, you know, you coming up with these ideas. because Again, because it's like, for me, it's the, the, the idea, the coming up with the ideas is very, like, I don't, I don't know. It's like I have when I do a show, I'll start with like a loose concept, just just a box to work within, because if you don't have some kind of box, you just can do anything. It's it's important to have like a a box to, to something to keep to keep you focused. And so I'll think like whatever zombie death bots or whatever ego death and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so I'll start kind of like coming up with ideas. And I'm not, it's more like, I'm not really thinking about the concept I'm doing just intuitively sketching and then thinking, okay, how does that fit in my, in my show or does it fit? Maybe it won't and I'll throw it out, but how can I make it fit? And sometimes it's just the idea, the, the, the title, 
or the idea that you kind of the story you come up about the painting that makes it fit in the show. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's rare that I'm that I, that I, uh, again, get a flash of an idea in my head like that. I did it, you know, I know it's happened once for sure, once or twice. I know, but um, I mean, it's happened a few times, but it's super rare. So, is it like out of nowhere, or, you know, when you have this happen, or is it like you're thinking about certain things and you and it just comes to you, or I mean, or do you sit down and you, you're thinking, I want to, you know, what you know, what would be a cool painting, and then you're just thinking and thinking, and then you and then you get the flash, or I suppose probably a bunch of different ways, I imagine. Me? Yeah. When when the ideas come, okay. Uh, well, for the the Dark Art Society sketchbook, I knew that it had to be that format, and I knew that I wanted it to be dark art. So I only knew those two things. And so in that particular case, um, I was really super relaxed, and, you know, images were just kind of floating around um, because I was, you know, as a, the chiropractor. Yeah, right. And so I had adjustment and whatever, and then it just – Bam, there it was. So I knew that there was. <laughs> so you just had that <laughs> two lim limits, which is size, dark art, and then an, an image flash in your head. Yeah. That's kind well, of crazy. Also, well, colors too, because I knew that I wanted there to be, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it specifically, but I know because colors play such a huge role in my art language. And so color when when i'm visualizing a piece color is a big part of it so the the red cup yeah. the red cup with the goat head and the eye was that confrontation you know that i was talking about mm -hmm. before um and then the jawbone instead of it being you know covered with fur and i don't even know the composition with the nose down in the cup um it just yeah. was dark <laughs> it's, it's, just, like, it's, it's like, a crazy it's a crazy painting. It's such a, yeah. it's, it's disturbing and weird. It's really weird. Yeah. But I mean, that's, it just showed up. It yeah. just showed yeah. up in there. That's like, that's like dream imagery to me. That's like something you'd see in a dream. It's just like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then with the serene background, but then you, you look at it and you're like, okay, this is a super bold primary palette. Yeah. Cause it, the red, the yellow, and the blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, it just works. I did the same thing with Henry Spencer, where he's got the red jacket, the blue, and then his skin tones are warm. But then I framed it in gold, so mm. there was the yellow and then black around that. Mm -hmm. the The primary palette was super strong with that one too, and that just I don't know that one just seems to really work. But yeah, that one really was a weird one. But I just knew that that it had to be, it had to fit. You know, and then Dos Diablos was right before mine. So I'm like, oh gosh, you know, like <laughs> I've got that bar to hit. Yeah. So, everyone, yeah. everyone was worried about Dos Diablos being <laughs> that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but seriously, it's like whenever you got that bar, you have to hit the bar. Mm -hmm. And if you're not the bar, you better pass the bar. Yeah. And, then, you know, that I'm just chomping at the bit to do a solo show one day. Mm -hmm. Because I, I want that opportunity where I've got a general theme and I'm creating a body of work within that theme and then sitting back and kind of listening to people and seeing how they interact with the work. Like I just am dying to have that experience. I, 
you know, I kind of dream about it, to be honest. Like I, well, you can, you know, visualize. yeah, you can, uh, well, that's how you get them, but you, you can, uh, what's cool about not having a solo show is you can make the solo show before this and then try and pitch the solo show, you know, right. you'd be like, I've got this body of work. And if it's really good, you'll get a solo show out of it. You know, you have to find mm-hmm. the right gallery, you know, um, that, that's a problem for me because yeah. <laughs> if I were to pitch my stuff, I've got to drive at least five hours or so. Yeah. But you can do, you know, you, know, you could send stuff through yeah. email is, is really the way, the way it's done. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I was just talking to someone the other day about submitting into galleries and it's just like, just send pictures you know, galleries want artists to send them pictures. They want to find the next new big thing, you know, like Gary, when Gary was on the podcast from Copro, he was like, send us your stuff. He was, I, I was surprised, you know, he was saying, you know, yeah, we want, we want new artists. We want to see what's going on. We want you to send us stuff. And the thing I always say is just don't send 20 meg pictures. <laughs> Because I've had that happen before where people send you pictures and they're huge. Yeah, yeah. Log your email up. Just let me scroll over. Yeah. (laughs) It's like make them small. Make them small. (laughs) You know, like one meg or something, two megs, that's good. But um yeah. So so I'm I guess point being is like you can take your time and create an amazing show, you know. I'd kind of like to do like a an origin story show. So it's a, like a father daughter costume with my dad. So I've got some of his stained glass work. um, Oh, that's cool. Actually one of his uh, wood cuts. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. You could figure Um, out a way to incorporate his work, you know, like it's it's your show. So mostly your work, you know, it's all focused on, on your work, but you could have his stuff there as well as like dividing sections of paintings and stuff that'd be cool yeah 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 you could probably do something like that too yeah i probably could i had a show with my dad that was great and so it was uh, yeah in 2009 i think i think 2009 and yeah we had it was like all his stuff on one side his lights all kind of light spiritual stuff and then all my dark hellish stuff on the other side it was super super cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that sounds amazing yeah yeah it I was can't... it was so oh, cool. great it was great <clears throat> so I, I mean uh so mm-hmm. are you kind of like uh earning a living off of your stuff off of your commission work or are you kind of um, like is it is it a side hustle or is it uh the the i could i could if i pushed it because it seems but like I you are I, I am, I'm holding back right now because I'm in that, that I'm considering it a transitional phase. Right. Focusing a lot more of my energy into trying to move into doing, and it's like a, it requires some mental conditioning. Like I, I know I'm, it might not, you know, be understandable to some people, but for me, it's a big, it's a big hurdle. Because yeah. It's a big, it's a big this, difference. It's a huge is, difference. Yeah. Well, and you get it. Um, but, uh, this is, this is my comfort zone. Right. I, I can do stuff like this all day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that piece. That's a great one. Oh, thank you. Um, but 
the personal stuff, man, I don't know. It's just, it scares me for whatever reason. It's... Yeah. Well, when you're doing that really personal, <laughs> personal work, you know, you're putting yourself out there to be judged by yeah. people, you know, and it's like, you just got to do it and, and I you got to suck it up. It's like, yeah. it, it sucks. It sucks <laughs> when, when, you know, you put stuff out and it doesn't sell or people don't like it, which I've had have everything happen. And uh, in fact, you know, it's funny with this, the framing, you're talking about how important framing is. And uh, after I, I want to talk about your technical stuff too, after, but um I learned the framing thing early on. I've said, I'm probably, you may have heard, heard me say this, but I haven't talked about it that much, but I, I used to think this is when I was first getting in shows at cannibal flower. I used to mm -hmm. think, Oh, people just changed their frame to match their house. Like I just assumed that people, you know, which they don't, they don't change the frame. They want a piece they can hang on the wall. And it's, and if you have bought a painting, it's a hassle to to get it reframed and it's expensive. People don't do it. But so it's like, I always put shitty frames on in the very beginning because I thought I'm not spending a bunch of money on frames because they're just going to change them out anyway. And I remember one, one time I brought them to uh cannibal flower. I had a bunch of pieces and I'm, and I made this funky, it was so bad. The framing, it was bad. It was like cheap Aaron brothers, <laughs> Like uh -huh. particle board and glass or like plastic or whatever with clips. Oh, I've got one of those. Oh my god! And and yeah. and, and I know. Yeah, yeah, and it looks so bad. And the guy was like, "LC," that he's like, "Man, you got to put better frames on." And I was like, hey. all insulted. Well, but, the but, string on the back to, yeah, to keep the thing together. Yeah, uh, it, it was. Yeah, it, it was bad. And yeah. and and I was like, "Oh man!" But he was totally right. And it was after that I started really going like, "Okay, people don't framing is important. It's very important." And uh, I get you know now that I do these custom corner pieces, I get you know as many it's kind of sucks in a way but i get like as much as many compliments on my frames as i do on the paintings when you want people to focus on the on the painting but having a good frame is like sometimes the difference between a sale and and, and it not selling you know exactly so so everybody out there i'm looking at the camera everybody out there do good <laughs> frames it's important people don't yeah. change the frames Yes. It, and, and I've heard that too, where, where they're like, well, I'm not going to, you know, because people, they change the frames. And I'm like, I don't know. Whenever they only, you... they only change it if it's a really shitty frame. And if it's a really <laughs> exactly. shitty frame, they're probably not going to buy it. <laughs> You're backing me into a corner when I want the painting, I'm going to have to get a new yeah, frame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what too, whenever you put up a piece and it's got this magnificent frame, it tells people that you care. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 and all yeah, yeah. It tells people you care, but it also like you know, it's it's about, it's like you can have a piece, you can have a painting, and you could show it to your friend, and it's like, oh, cool, you made a cool painting. You could show a painting in a gallery, and a, and and you suddenly it's elevated because it's in a gallery setting, and then you put a frame. Uh, I've seen little paintings with these thick ass gold ornate frames and it like elevates the whole thing so if the yep. painting is important if you think the painting is important then you you know you're doing a disservice to your artwork by not putting it in a really cool frame you know i agree you're, you're basically saying I, I don't i don't think it's good enough to put in a good or it's not worth it or it doesn't 
It's not that important because it's not framed that well. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I agree. thousand percent. <laughs> not that you don't know this. I'm just kind of saying it out loud for, <laughs> yeah. for everybody. No, I think I think it's a good message. Like, people need to hear that. I didn't. Good yeah. I would have liked to have known before I made a fool of myself a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what, too, though, is I think that artists probably have to work also within their financial means. Like, yeah. not everybody has... <clears throat> The, the money to, to do that, but they still want it to look nice, you know, yeah. so people do the best they can, you know? Yeah. I've, I've got, I've, I love those uh, barnwood frames. Like I freaking love those. Things. Yeah. So I was using those on everything. They're not expensive, but I just, I love the way they look. I love that natural. Um, yeah. The natural element. But I was doing that for, for a while. Um, I was putting stuff in really cool, like antique frames that I found. <laughs> Those are, those are cool, but you know, they don't, there's, they don't match though. And, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So tech, tech, technical, technical stuff now. So you're painting in acrylic. Are you, um, what's your process? What's your technical process? Are you tracing out or gridding or projecting or going, how are you, how do you do it? How are you starting your paintings? Um, you know what? I don't have any one way that I do it. Sometimes I'll trace because like you, I know that I can draw the thing. And if I'm in a time crunch and I've got another piece planned, I will go ahead and make a photocopy and I'll, you know, I'll trace it on there and, and transfer. transfer. So, that way. Okay. Okay. Before you move on, how are you transferring? Are you using okay. like pencil on the back of tracing paper or graphite paper or what? I actually do. I use the no no paper. I use the carbon. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, I've used that uh, before, yeah. Yeah. So, if I'm going to do that, I will go ahead and do the drawing and then I'll put the toning in on top of that and then put a layer of medium over the whole thing to secure my, um, my tone. So, usually I'll do just one color, um, maybe Payne's gray mm -hmm. or a burnt umber, um, and then put a, um, a gloss medium over that whole thing before I start to go in with the work. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. The glazing. But you also yeah. sometimes just eyeball it and. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do portraits sometimes just by, um, so like grandpa Munster, um, nurse ratchet, uh, Pennywise. Um, those are all just, you know, just quickie charcoal on uh, mixed media paper. Um, and that, then that's, that's amazing. Cause that grandpa monster is like one of the best i think thank you it's so great i did the exact same painting <laughs> like I, I, a black and white version of it just because it's like a yeah. famous photo it's like the best photo of him but yours is like really good really good and yours is color too yeah well his nose is really something when I know, i'm drawing is, is this right like this, <laughs> this nose really doing this you know but, and i painted him like that's right man he's just a character in yeah. a half he hit on my grandma actually at one point. Really? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, my dad used to like to tell the story. He grandpa was... Munster hit on yeah. my grandma. That's classic. He did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great piece. That, that's 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 pretty amazing. Thank yeah, you. like a, a, Thank you. That's not. That's really good. That's really good. Um, uh, so okay, so so you do it all kinds of different ways. So so are you using you know you're using acrylic? You're going dark to light, I'm guessing, or how are you painting this? Are you just kind of doing it all 
at once. You know, some artists finish one little section at a time. I've never really been able to do that. They start at the eye and they totally finish it. And then they moved here and they finish that. And then they move there and finish that. Like Linnea. Yeah. Like Linnea. Yeah. 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 Crazy. I, I don't know how she does that. There's a guy on YouTube that's really, I love his painting. He does portraits. What's his name? Ah, I'm blanking. He's really good, but he paints like that too. And it's like, man, how do you do that? You know who I love on on, um, on Instagram is uh, Kadima. Andrew Kadima. That guy. I don't know if I know him. Okay, he does like tone on tone. And you, and you he says, or he'll hold up two paint tubes. And, and they... And he makes these photorealistic pieces that are just mind-blowing. How do you spell it? C-A-D-I-M-A. Okay, let's see. <laughs> I'm not following him. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one. So one color. Wait, wait, wait. What? He might do like red and add some black. Mm-hmm. He does a whole photorealistic painting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He yeah. Is. Wow. Cool. Okay. Got a new artist to follow. <laughs> like I need more. <laughs> you can't have too many. Damn, this guy. Like, yeah, I know. I know. Just, how like, did you not know? How is he not on your radar? Think it, there's so many artists. Oh, my God. He's almost got a million followers, too. Dude, Damn. He must be making <laughs> bank. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I think he. Um... Oh, I see. Yeah, his th- he's got a thing. Yeah, that's his thing. It's like I'm painting a painting with brown and pink, and that's it. That's like, see, that's like that's marketing. That's marketing. Like if you can do that, you can do anything. Yeah. No, I mean it's 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 definitely showing off his skills, but uh-huh. but it's also a clever marketing a way to market yourself because because uh, you know it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's cool. Now. Bastard's got almost a million followers. <laughs> and Chess just finding him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, go follow Andrew Kadima. Maybe I can get him on the podcast to feel. Yes, that's cool. He's, 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 he probably, I'm probably too small potatoes for him. He's got almost a million, million followers. Oh, come on. <laughs> So, okay, okay. So, um, talking about process. Process. Yes, process. Do you do an underpainting? Sometimes. So, you, you just always do it differently. That's, you I, know. I just wing it. You know, I just, uh, I do whatever it tells me it wants to do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I get it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I, that's no mediums? I Teach somebody sometimes, yeah. You, I like to use uh, okay, there's a flow medium that I like to add to my water. A what medium? A flow medium. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I add a few, usually liquid text, like this one. Okay. A couple, couple drops in the brush water. Oh, and it, that's it interesting. Helps, it helps the paint to go on more smoothly oh. so it uh, grab. So because I've grabbing. never, I've never added. Cause, Cause you know, I painted in acrylic. I've never added mediums to the water. I always like add it just to the paint. Yeah. Just a couple drops. That's is cool. all you, huh. it, um, it, it helps um, prevent that, um, that skidding or that grabbing, but I work so small that that's not too much. Of a yeah. Problem. Right. Really whenever 
I need to do some glazing and then I use a glazing medium. I, I freaking love this stuff. This is my favorite. Golden. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gloss glazing medium. And okay. So when you're glazing, uh, glazing is the one area, you know, I've said it many times that, that oil is superior because it is, it doesn't have any, it doesn't change the color at all. Whereas glazing medium is kind of whitish. Doesn't it change the color a little bit when you mix it in the, with your paint? The medium. Mm -mm. Really? No, no. And this one is white, um, but it goes on clear. Okay. I haven't had that experience at all. I haven't used any other brand. Hmm. Um, I'll have to try that then. So I don't know if you've seen any of my process videos. Mm, I don't but, know. So the underpainting for this one uh -huh. was actually green. And so when I did this, it was green. Uh-huh. And I put the general darker areas in. But when I went over it, I used the glazing medium and alizarin crimson oh. to get that burgundy burlwood color. Oh, what a trip. Okay. okay. And if, if you see the um the video, you can watch it happen and okay. it was it was like magic. Um but if Ooh. it wasn't for glazing medium, I use it all the time, actually, not just for glazing, but sometimes we'll mix it in because of the 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 textural way that it changes mm -hmm. the you know because sometimes I don't want it to be too opaque right and so okay I'm watching it now <laughs> um, are you really yeah <laughs> oh wait I'll pause it oh oh yeah. shit uh, so uh, and so are you like uh, are you a canvas or panel does it matter is it, it seems like again you because you've done i know you've done stuff on canvas for sure because i've seen stuff with canvas texture and some of the photos and some of the pieces i have of yours are on canvas but i think the the baby girl's on like panel right yeah i like panels i really like panels yeah. i get a panel that was really smooth but not like uh the gesso board, um, because I like tooth, but I don't like texture when it comes to that, unless it's a uh, canvas. I really like the linen panels. Yeah. I think superior in texture. Uh, so I really, really, really like. Yeah. Gabe, linen. Gabe Leonard is, is a recent linen convert. He's been telling me all about linen. Like he bought a bunch of linen and he bought a mm -hmm. bunch of dye bond. We both found a, a dye bond supplier. You know the ACM panel, the aluminum composite panel. Have you ever used that? I haven't because I think that those are lead primed, and I work in acrylic, so that wouldn't work for me. Oh uh, no, they're not. They're not. They're unprimed. Um, oh, they're unprimed. Yeah, so, so you can so you gesso them. So oh. they're like they're just like I don't know what the surface. It's like they're white, but it's aluminum. <laughs> I'm not sure if what the coating is, but. Um, I, I do acrylic gesso on them. Okay. So you can. I, I, but the, so Trakel makes those, yeah? What's that? Trakel makes those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been getting Trakel. I just got some. But then I found this place that sells Dibon because, Dibon. you know, I got like 10 five by seven panels because I just, I do love them and they're perfect. They're perfect. But, um, you know, it was like 70 bucks for them for 10 panels oh. and i bought oh. i bought a piece of dye bond that was eight feet by four feet by for like a hundred bucks and so i can cut it myself 
any size and Ouch. you know I, I it's it was almost the same to buy you know 10 of these little five by seven panels to, to then buying a big one so now i'm gonna like and you can cut it with a utility knife which is cool so you, you, you there's a good tutorial on um youtube this artist uh aaron uh nagel i think um okay and uh yeah so you just yeah you score it with a an a utility knife and then kind of like break it and snap it and then just sand the edge it's really cool yeah um so now i i found a supply it's like i was saying me and gabe both found this supplier at the same time and we both bought our um die bond and so now he's he's gluing his linen to the die bond die bond panels and that's what he's painting on do you know what his adhesive like? How is what's his method for that? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's like some PVA. He said it's kind of like okay. it's kind of it's a P PV. I can ask him. He sent me just, a picture. It I, was, yeah. It, 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 he said it's like white glue. You know. Okay. I think it's like kind of, it was. It was a pretty common uh, Liquitex brand. I think. Yeah, there's a few things you can use as adhesives. I think that the uh, the gel medium or the matte medium you can yeah. use as mm -hmm. a few different things you can use that way. But um, I'm always down to try something new. But um, the aluminum pen. Oh, are man. I love them. I love them because they're just yeah. like, you know, they're indestructible. I mean, they. the thing is like, you know, I, I've chipped corners of my wood panels before. And it's yeah. like a pain in the ass to fix and you know like you have to i've used like putty oh no someone's doing their hopefully you can't hear the lawnmower out there but um no. <laughs> motorcycle goodbye I, i've got a, i've got a filter on it's supposed to take background noise out i'm trying to find this this uh glue now um but uh what was i saying uh uh, a little bit ago, I had a... Um, oh, the chipping. I, yeah, yeah, chipping. Sorry. And about to fix the corners. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, sorry. And then and then I'll let you finish your thought. But I've bent the corners of my aluminum panels. The thing is you can take pliers and kind of re-bend it. So it's a little easier to fix. And But the other thing is I can put it... It doesn't matter to you, though, because you're doing acrylic. But I can... Yeah, there's that, but they're small, but, but also, um, I can put them in front of heaters and it doesn't warp them. Whereas wood panels to, to dry, I can dry them really fast that way. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, people still talk about that. Oh, I think Chet puts his paintings in, in the oven. Oh man. I, uh, I, you know what I did that. I don't anymore. I have to be careful because I did put an aluminum panel in my little oven and it like sucked in the stuff in the the substrate in the middle it kind of sucked it in and i was like Ew. and then there's it was really thin thin aluminum around the edges so but if i put it in front of a heater oh it, it works so it great the surface material or something the inner like the core it kind of sucked it in because it's like a, a weird plastic but i think it's because i had it too hot um okay. oh here it is i found it okay neutral ph adhesive from Linico, L-I-N-E-C-O, is what he's using. Neutral P-H-A-T-C. Looks like that. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, so he says it's, yeah. it's working good. 
wanting to try those aluminum panels because I'm thinking, man, anything to help reduce shipping a little bit would be great because... And they're so strong. They're so strong. Expensive. Yeah. So any weight just makes it worse. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're probably... I don't know. They're probably comparable. It depends on what you're painting. You're painting on like masonite or whatever hardboard panels yeah well i had one come back with a hole punched in it oh my god all the way, all the way through yeah i've heard i've yeah. heard i know i've heard of that happening one other time that's crazy with yours small <laughs> small tiny paintings with a hole punched through i've you know it's one thing it's like a big painting but eight by ten i think it was wow yeah, what are the chances, right? Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it was really an unpleasant surprise. I don't know how that could have happened, but it did. It's like a miracle in the worst way. <laughs> a negative miracle. <laughs> so did you just have to repaint it? I, I just scrapped it. That was another one that photographed also. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. So we talked these things out to experience. Yeah. Remember, I've myself to let them go <laughs> yeah you got to take chances of shipping stuff yeah. you know i had recently i did these pen and pen and ink drawings and three of them got lost in the mail they never showed up so i had just had to redo them and ship them out you know it's like luckily it wasn't a painting but oh yeah there's an artist in our community who just lost like 23 pieces of her work in the mail oh my god international international shipping how and does that happen ups and they're claiming that if it's watercolor it has no value because it's just medium on paper so essentially it doesn't have value oh my god yeah and it was it was supposed to come for a show and she's just i don't know i just feel so horrible for that's her that's terrible yeah, yeah wow that's horrible yeah it's every every artist's worst nightmare is getting your stuff lost in shipping or destroyed in, during shipping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like they care a little bit less than maybe they used to. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, I've, you know, okay. I've had really good luck with, with the post office and everyone complains about the post office. I've had really good luck with the post office, except these last few pen and inks I shipped out that got lost and I had something else get lost or never show up also so maybe they don't care as much i don't know but did you insure those pieces i i only insure originals i mean i could have insured the pen and inks but i knew i could redo them if which i oh, did okay. i just redid them and it wasn't that big a deal they're like you know i didn't spend a ton of time but you know if it's a if it's an oil painting uh, i'll i always insure even though it's like I'd almost rather just paint a new one than to deal with the trying to get the insurance money. Right. Because what a hassle. Yeah. I Unfortunately, fortunately, I haven't had to deal with that. But I have found that the pieces that are insured seem to be handled better. Oh, so okay. That, that makes I sense. Found the pieces that I don't insure seem to take a little bit longer. Yeah. But the ones, and I haven't had any problems with the postal service either knock on wood yeah i haven't had any problems with it either but i tend to insure everything yeah you know so if it goes priority it's it's covered by minimum of 200 bucks automatically with tracking so right. i think that's 
you know, so, but anyway, thank goodness for small miracles, right. That, that we haven't had a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When others are struggling so much. with Yeah. Yeah. I do a lot of shipping, so it's it's been, I've been really fortunate. So I'm not really even complaining about those pen and inks because I've been doing it for like 10 years or 15 years or something. And I've been pretty, pretty lucky with shipping. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to your technical stuff. So, um, do you do uh varnish? Do you have a varnish? Cause yeah. acrylic is totally a different trip for, for varnishing than it is for oil, you know, isn't it? Yes. Well, yes. Um, initially I was using a Liquitex and I was gloss, but I was always afraid I was going to overwork it and it was going to become cloudy because there's a warning on it. This is right. don't over leveling, blah, 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 but it's permanent. Right. So the permanence of it and the fear of, of overworking it was always kind of a deterrent. So I would only use it on small pieces and then big pieces. I just did varnish. What, so, what kind of varnish on the big pieces? I talked to you about this. Oh, the Gamvar? The Gamvar Yes. And that works over yeah. acrylic. Yes. Okay. It works fantastically well. And it is super easy to use. There is a trick. So I know a lot of people are like, well, it's tacky or it makes fingerprints or nothing. Right. The thing is, you can't pour it on. Yeah, you can't you do got, it too thick is a thing. You, you, yeah, you got to scrub it on. You can do more than one layer, but it'll dry very, very quickly if you if you put it in a container, dip your brush into it, and scrub it on hmm. instead of pouring it. If you, if you pour it, you're going to have a problem. It kind of puddles up. When you pour, when you put too much, and, and it gets like st- sticky on the on the edges, very much, very much. Interesting, but, but that it's worked perfectly. Yeah, it's super Perfect. easy to remove too. It's great. I it, love that stuff. Yeah, I've had to do that too. But you're right, and in order to repair a painting, I um, had to remove the the varnish, and it was really easy. Just use their their remover, their whatever, and it just comes right off. It's so easy. Yeah. For anybody listening, you yeah, can use it. Yes, over acrylics, and it works amazing. The colors oh. just—that's cool. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a. Uh, I'm looking on my shelf because I have some somewhere. <laughs> there's like a, a this weird, really weird varnishing system that Golden makes for acrylics, <laughs> and it's removal. It's acrylic, but it's removable. But the stuff that you have to remove it with is like smells like gasoline. Cause I had to do it on a collector of mine. The person who sent him the painting was not in LA. So I did it as a favor and, you know, took revarnished it. Oh, wow. And so I had to get all these, this like this chemical. It was so nasty. <laughs> But it took the it took the 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 acrylic varnish, so it was like a, a liquid a, tight, a thick a, you could do really thick varnishes with it. It was really interesting. It didn't cloud up, but you know, in order to get it off, you have to use this stuff that just stinks and it's really toxic. Very weird. It's like this whole kind of system they have. That sounds bizarre and scary. Yeah. I guess the, yeah. the the thing is you can make a, a really nice thick varnish that's clear though, an acrylic. I would love that. Like uh, resin would be really cool, but I know it yellows badly. Yeah. But I like the idea of a of a thick. 
that's what I liked about the Liquitex, actually, because it created almost a, a, a transparent layer, you know, almost a crystal type. Mm-hmm. You applied it thick, thickly enough, and um, it was beautiful. It just was scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you could not remove it. So, Chris- but, uh, Christopher Ulrich did a, a series, and he did a poured um, some kind of resin over them. And mm-hmm. it, they're the most, he still has these paintings or a lot of them. And it's so amazing looking. It's just otherworldly. It's super, you know, uh, shiny and it has this depth to it, but it was, you know, it was a nightmare for him to do. I know it's cause he had to like lay him down flat, pour the, pour the, this resin, mix it up, pour it, and then hit it with a blowtorch to get bubbles, bubbles. out and on one of the paintings, it got messed up, so it was like cloudy in this one area. And it's just like when he's doing these giant masterpieces. Um, so, yeah. That sounds really scary. Yeah, better put glass and put put them behind glass instead. That would probably give up. Yeah, similar. You don't get the same effect on. I know, you know, I know. You, you got to take these chances sometimes in order to get some awesome thing. Yeah, they are amazing. They are amazing. Hats off to him for, for taking that risk. Yeah. He was, we talked about it when he was on the podcast. He called me up totally freaked out. He was like freaking oh out. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I've never done it before. He's asking me <laughs> if I could help. I'm like, I know. I've never done that. But they're amazing. <laughs> I bet they are. I want to look and see if I can find them. Yeah. You have to see him in person. He's got them in the studio. They're just unbelievable. I'd love to see anything in person. Yeah, you got to make a trip down to one of the big shows, one of the big you know, last, shows. Last, I haven't been to Copper yet. Last time I was there, um, I had a piece to pick up from the Dark Art Emporium, and that was amazing. That oh, yeah. Was- yeah, they've got a great place. Yeah, but I, I was like, where is it? You know, because there's <laughs> like a pizza place. Yeah, and right. You're at the address, and where is it at? Do you it's have to bu- go in? Yeah, Bye. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's at the fall. back. It's behind the pizza place. Yeah. Yeah. They, they no. used to have their own shop across the street, I think. Oh. And that place oh. was cool, too. I haven't been to the new place. I've just seen videos of it. Oh, go. It's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. But I'm, you know, sheltered, so I haven't had many experiences like this before. Yeah. But it was. It was really kind of neat just to follow the path and to see this thing open up into this this incredible space yeah. and see art there that I've never seen in person before it was really something. Yeah, you got to see this stuff in person. That's the yes. That's the thing. That's why art shows are so important. Yes. You know? Yes. This is why I try to elevate uh, the experience whenever somebody buys me a piece I feel like they're trusting me you know it's like money doesn't grow on trees and it's harder to to pay bills I think than it ever has and so I'm still kind of wrapping my stuff like like gift wrapping mm-hmm. my pieces I I always include something personal I I try to make it as special an experience as possible when somebody buys something from me oh that's really, yeah really appreciate it really appreciate it yeah, that's a, that's such a great thing to do. I I um uh you know Lisa Spingos? Yes. She yes, does she really cool stuff like that too. Like 
like on the backs of her paintings, she'll do like almost like a wallpaper that relates to the, the painting. Wow. Yeah. It's so cool. She was showing me okay. like, I forget what, I forget what, I think it was like the theme was, uh, I'm probably going to get it wrong. I think the theme was like, like a school photo theme and it was like a skull, like a kid's skull, kid's skeleton, I think. And then on the back, she had like, I forget, I want to say like SAT score, uh, you know, the where you fill in the bubbles or something like that. Like scantrons? What's that? Like a scantron? Yeah, I think it was something like that on the back of the painting. Good. And it was like such a brilliant idea to do stuff. I, I think stuff like that makes all the difference when you're selling art, um, you know. I, I agree. I agree. I, I've made a few purchases because I loved the work. And then when it came and there was no anything, I just felt a little bit let down. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I don't know that I had this expectation, but I know what I do. And I also want, you know, anybody that buys from me to know, I, I appreciate you, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, it means, it definitely means a lot to, to just, take another couple minutes and, and make it special. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. It's... I'm going to talk to her and see, you know, because I'm inspired by this idea. I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Really cool. I was inspired too. I was like, man, yeah. that's such a great idea. Uh, so, well, uh, what, I, I guess what you have, I was going to ask you what your plans for the future, <laughs> but it sounds like your plans for the, the future are kind of like to do this body of work this body of personal work yeah, and then maybe try, yeah. and, try and get a solo out of it. You know, I don't know about showing those as a solo, but it's, it's, I have a motto that's do something that scares the crap out of you every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so I'm here now with you and, <laughs> and, and that's going to happen as well. So, um, I, and I've got probably three or four pieces in my head that I'm I'm uh, working on in one way or another. But I had kept my um, my calendar open this year because you know I've got a daughter transitioning into her adult life, and mm. she's in Texas now. And so um, I just knew there would be a lot going on. Um, and here we are at the end of the year. So New Year's is here, and my resolution is on the ball get cracking so, yes yes so <laughs> this is the year of no no sitting no sitting on it yeah. <laughs> make it happen yeah cool i can't I wait like also do more sculpting oh yeah that's like right Krampus. yeah yeah like that. yeah, yeah that Krampus is cool sculpting is fun sculpting is fun yeah. uh yeah i'd like to do more sculpting myself you do a lot of sculpting yeah, but I'd like to do more. Um, I don't do as much. It's just, you know, it's molding and everything. There's a whole process involved. Painting, you just paint it and it's ready to go, you know. Your, your piece that you were talking about um, when you were talking about your origins and it took you about a year to do and you were doing oh, it. Yeah. I love that piece so much. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was I a... Just, I, I, <laughs> 
so much. I like it too. I still like it. I think it's it's one of my best pieces. But I spent a year on it, so it better be. <laughs> I do well, have I a mean, mold. I have the mold of it, so. Yeah. I mean, if it's in the past, sometimes we transcend that the earlier works and we just look back at it and we're like, oh, if I could do that over, I'd change it. But that is such a brilliant piece. Like the, the way that uh, it emotes is just incredible. Yeah. And for those things, what's the name of it again? Soft Spot. Soft, Soft Spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Soft Spot. Yeah, that's a brilliant piece. Thanks. Yeah, I got it. I got to do more. I want to do a whole show like that, but it's such an investment. I was going to thinking about doing it next year, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Those are very time consuming, especially whenever you've got that, that bar. Yeah. And the mold yeah. making. And I mean, I'm not really set up to do it either. I've just got this small little bedroom, but if I had a shop, I could see maybe doing it, but it'll happen eventually. One of these days. Um, that's one of my dreams. One of my bucket list items is to have a sculpture show. Got to do some more fan art and make some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like it's man so, with plan. So much so much easier to sell fan art. It's crazy. But like I said, I get it. I get it because I bought some. It wasn't until I bought some I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I like it. It's cool. Yeah. Well, man, what you, what is your favorite thing? Like, oh. Oh, yeah, exactly. Happen. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I appreciate you taking the time. It's uh, uh, see, see, it flew by. It did. Yes, it did. Didn't I? Didn't I tell you? Yes, you told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been awesome. It was a great visit. Yeah, sure. yeah, super fun. Um, so yeah, we'll have your your uh, your um, socials and all that in the body of the text but do you want to tell people where they can go and see your work just for people who are too lazy to read the body of the text <laughs> yes i have a big cartel shop and it's called the gore goods the gore goods um do mind that there is one out there that's taken the domain name and so that one might come up first and mine is not a religious blog okay it is an art store. <laughs> so <laughs> keep scrolling if that comes up first. My other social media is uh, Instagram, Art Degore on Instagram. I'm on Threads and Blue Sky as well. And uh, those will be down in the comments. Cool. Well, thank you. You know, the, the, the final thing you have to do is say goodbye to the audience. You have to say goodbye, audience, in some way. <laughs> Goodbye, audience, in some way. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>